feed the pod. Let them know it's Podmas time. Feed the pod. Let them know it's Podmas time. Feed the shut Chris. <laughs> Hi guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about, you guessed it, the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick, and joining me are... Hi, this is Jason. Hey, this is Chan. Hey, this is Chris. How are you all doing, guys? I am festive after spending the morning with Santa. Santa's not real. Who was that man? (laughs) Chris, maybe you could explain. (laughs) Um, Well, I've... I've got to apologise, that might have been me creeping <laughs> um, around your, your house last night, eating your mince pies. And the carrots. Yeah, yeah. that was me also. Chen have, you, Chen, have you enjoyed the holiday season? Yeah, got whatever I wanted for Christmas, you know. What was that? Cash. Cash, yeah. Cash, I got, I got that as well. I'm, I'm not alone. Yeah. Anyway... Coming up today on this week's edition of Holy Shoot, we'll be doing the best of 2018. That's pretty much it. Um, basically, we want to celebrate the good points of this year before going into the worst of 2018 in the next episode, which is just after the new year. So, we're going to be doing something a little different today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to be the awards host. Ooh. Uh, neither is going to be Chen because he's Ooh. curious. I will stop singing, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologise for verbally abusing you with my lack of musical talent. But today's host is none other than Jason in the Corner. Hello, Jason in the Corner. Thank you. Thank you. You, you, yeah, you're you're like Kevin Hart, but not booted off the Oscars because you didn't say anything homophobic. I put on my best suit to host this awards event for us. I hope you all appreciate how sharp I'm looking. Your blue dabba dee dabba die. <laughs> my blue suit. You can tell I've cared less about the scene that's gone along this pod. Yeah. It's just gone from tuneless to even more tuneless. Anyway, sorry, Jason. Yeah, so I'll be hosting a few award categories. I'll be giving you guys the category and a few shortlisted ideas but these are open to anything you want to suggest and of Ooh. course we'd love to hear back from everyone on the old social medias yes if we you do. want to get involved yes we do we'll be plugging this like hell over christmas hmm. so cool. let's start with a big category so this is also probably a contentious category it's going to be hard to get an agreement on it let's see what everyone thinks so this will be the match of the year category so just some definite ones to be considering would be Kenny Omega versus Okada, the two out of three falls from New Japan Dominion. Oof. Also from New Japan, Tanahashi versus Obushi from the G1 Climax Final would be our two main New Japan ideas. Mm-hmm. Going to NXT and WWE, probably mainly NXT, we're honest. We're talking like New Orleans, Adam Cole, and the rest of the guys from the six-way ladder match. And the Johnny Gargano versus Tomata Champa matches. Going outside of the two main feds, Ring of Honor would obviously be there for a few of their matches. We're talking about the Briscoes versus the team of Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson from Best in the World 2018. And if you wanted to go to one of the other smaller companies, PWG, for Matt, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Matt Riddle. 
So those are some ideas, but I think there's a lot that people could suggest for this category. So, um, who wants to kick this off then? I'll go first. Mm-hmm. So, one of my favourite matches that happened this year was actually the beginning of January, Ooh. which was Jericho versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I never thought these two would hap- happen to face off each other, with against each other, sorry. Especially because, you know, Jericho's always been loyal to WWE. And it was interesting to see him jump ship. It definitely brought a lot of new eyes to the New Japan product. And I I wouldn't say on a technical level it was a match of the year, but it was probably one of the matches I was most hyped for. And in, in it's, a good it's, it's a good It's a very good choice. choice. It was a very good match as well. But if we're talking New Japan, then you can't really overlook the seven-star match. I know that sounds ridiculous. But between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, uh, the two out of three falls match, I thought that was an insane effort from both guys. 70 minutes, non-stop action. Great storytelling. Oh, fantastic story. Uh, The way they alluded to their previous matches as well. I think my favorite spot, if I recall this correctly, was uh, Okada going for the Rainmaker. And then he drops to the floor because he doesn't have enough power to hit the Rainmaker. The the, the exhaustion they were showing. That... That was such superb selling, which you don't get much of in New Japan. I have to uh, just a little argument there. It was so superb. Oh, just those little things that those two guys did made it one of the best matches of the year. But it wasn't the best New Japan match for me. That would have to go to Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi, the G1 Climax Final. I love the effort that they put in. Closely followed by the match between two Golden Lovers. The night before, which is absolutely incredible with the way that Koto Ibushi did back-to-back matches like this, but his match against Kenny Omega, that was also fantastic. Also alluded to their own movesets. I, I love that match. I absolutely love both matches. I think New Japan, in general, has had a fantastic year. It's very difficult to decide which match is better. I mean, the fact the raised Omega versus Jericho, you could argue that has more importance. So, Brod, if you had to pick one match, what are you going with? In terms of New Japan. Just one match overall. Oh, no. Because I really want to raise the last one standing match between Flair and Lynch as well. Yeah. So I thought that was we good. And the Gargano s- versus Champa feud. It's like picking your favourite of your children. Uh, can you come back to me? Chris, did you have a clear winner or did you have a couple you wanted to suggest? Well, for me, it's, it's quite clear. I'm going for the five-way ladder match from TakeOver New Orleans. Was that because you were there? I was there, and I've never marked out as hard as I have in my life. Just gonna be, it, it was, was the six-man, not five-man. It was five-man, was it? Was it six-man? Six-man. You enjoyed it so much you forgot one of the men. Yeah, that, that's how hard Pro- it was. Probably Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But oh, the, the spots they were doing, just it was incredible. So that for me, that's the best match of it, the year. It was the greatest a good spot first match yeah. in WWE history. And I love history. those kind of matches. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just for a little uh, side note here. So, Chris, you were there with a good friend of ours. Yeah. And you actually held a sign with my name on that actually made television during the Gagana versus Champa match. Yeah, I did. So I was. <laughs> so we had pretty good seats. We yeah. were close enough. We were at the opposite sides of the hard cam, so I didn't 
I brought a sign hoping that there'd be some action on this side. Um, it was the spot where the guy in the crowd was on crutches. Yeah. And Champa, I can't remember what happened. Um, he took one of the crutches yeah, and then the used it as a weapon. So I saw the camera kind of in my direction, put up the sign. And n- none of you guys noticed it at the time, did you? You watched it we, we live, just wa- we, Yeah, no, we watched it. I watched it in a meetup. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I was too busy watching the actual match rather than, you know, looking out for you guys. And then you actually made the uh, final cut at the end of the LXT takeover, oh, table, yeah, yeah. which is absolutely insane. So that's your match of the year, Jason. So before, before I have to decide, yeah, I anything. think I looked at a couple of matches in New Orleans, and the six-man ladder match was definitely up there for me. But I'm going to end up being probably predicted when going for Omega versus Okada, the seven-star match, as Meltzer called it, for the Three Fools, just for the drama and what they did in that match being pretty much uncharted territory. So I, if I had to re-watch one match, it would be Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Because that, I don't know why, but that that match is awesome. In my opinion, it's just so rewatchable. But if I had to pick one in terms of actual in-ring storytelling the moves that they did I have to go to New Japan and I have to go Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi the G1 Climax final I felt that was slightly better than Okada versus Omega in my opinion interesting uh, Omega versus Okada not Okada I mean, versus Omega it's good it's good that there's so many options here but it's an embarrassment of riches uh, Chen my favourite match is the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks that was a very good match. Um, the storytelling in that match, especially Matt Jackson selling his back, the, just the psychology. And this is why I tell people they should watch Being the Elite, just the build-up to this match. Yeah. They, they, they did a very good job in terms of the build-up. And New Japan, they've had an excellent year in terms of matches. I mean, any one of those matches could be matched the year. Canada. Same with WWE NXT as well. Their developmental brand has really lifted its game, in my opinion. Yeah. Four great choices from everyone there. I think we won't try and pick one winner. I think that'd be impossible. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next category of best overall wrestler. So who is a technician that cannot be missed and who's always putting on these five-star matches that you look forward to the most? I think I split this between men and women, but I think it'd be good to choose one overall winner because of how far women's wrestling has probably come in the last year. I think we'd all agree these are equal names to be talking about. So just some ones to be getting you thinking. Obviously, Kenny Omega, Okada, Will Ospreay, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano, and Tomasa Champa. And then on the women's side, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Tony Storm, and Kari Sane. Yeah, I'm just going to say this, Becky Lynch. Just because there's no one else that has elevated the women's, not just women's, the women's division in WWE, but the women's wrestling in general. No one has elevated to the high standard in terms of both in-ring ability, entertainment, and just, you know, a must-watch factor. Previously, you know, you've had women main event pay-per-views and it was just for the sake of main event pay-per-views. You could argue, you could say, well, you know, they've had a long rivalry like Sasha Banks, Charlotte, they deserve it. Or, you know, oh, Bailey, Sasha Banks took us by surprise. So let's give them a, let's give them a main event at full sale. Here, you know, Becky Lynch 
was going to main event Survivor Series against Ronda Rousey. I don't think it was going to be Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan at all. And then what we saw at TLC, no one has made an impact and ran with the ball when given to them in WWE in such a long time. Not until not since you could argue Daniel Bryan in the Yes Movement, but you could even argue as far as back as CM Punk. And we've been waiting for that star, that just natural star. You know, it's funny, A Star is Born came out at the same time that her star was born right there. And it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, she she has elevated the women's division, division to another level. So if you had to pick one overall, not just wrestler, but superstar of the wrestling industry this year, there is no one at top Becky Lynch, in my opinion. Bad choice, Chen? So I'm looking at your women's list, and why is there no Shayna? Because she's not as good as Becky Lynch. This was a shortlist that I put together. You're welcome to suggest anyone else. I didn't <laughs> think Shayna Baszler was one of the top women, but you can feel differently. She, be- she had a better year than Oscar. I think she's had a better year than Rousey as well. <sighs> because Rousey, she's just gained the recognition because she's the bigger global yeah. star. And to be clear, this is like this is best over rest. I'm looking at like technical, yeah. like the it's matches like you in-ring This is in-ring ability. Yeah, like, yeah. So, Women, I would say it's either Shayna or Becky because Shayna, her she just she picked it up more quicker than Rousey, and she's she's never had an issue on the mic. So, who's your favorite out of all the men and women? Though you got to choose one. I'll say Kenny Omega. Fair. He's had a great year. He's had a great year, but it's also what he's done outside the business. Yeah, it's hard to argue against Omega's just in-ring performance. What, what do you mean outside, outside the business? We do, well, how he's changing the wrestling business with the, uh, with All In. Uh, that was with, Cody and the Young Bucks, nothing to do with Kenny He was Omega. part of it. Part of it, but you know, if you want to go changing the business, I would argue Cody or the Young yeah. Bucks. It's Cody and the Young Bucks leading that movement. Kenny's like a part of it, but he's not the lead on it. But he's a very good choice for in-ring performer. And he brings a lot of eyes to the new product, and he's had the most star matches. Yep, definitely a good choice. Chris, who would you pick from this list, or someone else? Well, I'm going for Seth Rollins, just for consistency, really. He's consistently, even on Raw, putting on great matches, pay-per-views. I think he's been great. I've really enjoyed watching him this year. He wasn't great at TLC. He wasn't, though. He He wasn't great at Money Bank against Elias, either. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, for me, WWE performer... Apart from Becky and Shayna, the male male talent wise, it'll be Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, Johnny Gargano has so been awesome this year. You're getting close to my. T- I I was looking at Johnny Wrestling or Tomasa Champa. I'm going with Champa as my best overall in ring performer of the year because I look at his nah. matches with Johnny Gargano, and then I also look at the match he had with Velveteen Dream. And some of the things he's he's just always been impressive. I, I can't see this. I can't point to a single thing he's done wrong in the ring all year. But, but you can say that about Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano versus Andrade. Okay, Almas, yeah, it, 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 it was a hard choice for me. It was between those two for me to make my choice. I went for Chamba. And Johnny turned heel and he's doing a good job at that as well. So what we got? We got Champa, we've got Kenny Omega, we've got Seth Rollins and Becky Be- Lynch. Yeah, I'm going Becky Lynch. I don't. I, yeah, I'm going Becky Lynch with this one. Fair, fair enough. Um, this actually ties a little bit into the other, next category I wanted to talk about. This is the Impact Player of the Year. So this is looking beyond in-ring performance. Who's creating headlines? Who's having great matches? But who's driving change? And who is the brand they work for? 
So Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and Tommaso Ciampa were my initial ideas. I'd like to know if anyone's going to say anyone other than Becky Lynch. I am. Cool. Let's hear who you're going with. I'm going with Cody. Yeah, I agree. Interesting game. Uh, If I could have joint winners, I would. Because I think Becky Lynch has done a fantastic job. I would even put Ronda Rousey in the same part as Becky Lynch and what they've done for women's wrestling over the past year. Because Becky Lynch, just to briefly go on why they're my honourable mentions, Becky Lynch, as I mentioned, raises the women's division. Ronda Rousey was a catalyst for that. There would be no women's... Main, well, we don't know if they're going to main event WrestleMania 35, but I hope they main event WrestleMania 35. And the woman that was guaranteed to main event WrestleMania 35 was Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Because she was that fighter in UFC that made all the headlines, and then she took that to WWE, where she could easily be a Hollywood superstar right now. So why did I pick Cody instead? The first, you could argue Young Bucks as well, but the first person to put on a show that had over ten thousand in an arena that, that wasn't a WWE show, and that it sold out in like thirty minutes. It was an incredible effort. And I just can't really argue against that one. The fact that he is might have changed independent wrestling for it's, the good. It's a fair additional choice. Chen, who are you going with? So I'm going to go with Cody for this because with Becky, she only started to pick up steam, what, SummerSlam time? First half of the year, she pretty much did nothing, in my opinion. Nothing but impactful. That, was, that, that wasn't her fault, though. Yeah, but if we're talking about... We're talking about who I'm thinking about all year round. And I've got to say Cody, because yes, we, we talk about all in, but he's also showing the wrestlers that are not being used or wasting their, ta- their talents being wasted that there is life outside WWE. You can, great things can happen outside WWE. You can make a great, decent living outside WWE. No, I can't, God damn it. <laughs> oh, wait, Vince. How are you? Fuck off. <laughs> I think Cody is a good. I'm surprised I didn't think of it when I put this shortlist together, but he's definitely the the name that was missing. So it seems like a good choice. Chris? Well, I was going to go for Becky, actually, but hearing your guys' arguments, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah, I've got to say Cody. I think this feels like it's the beginning of a new era in wrestling. I'm talking about a movement like the Attitude Era, but not in WWE. It's going to be independent wrestling. You could say it's an all-elite you could. Era. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So we have three choices for Cody. I'm going to stick with Becky just because I think she's created enough news in half of the year that it's worth looking at. And when you think SmackDown, I don't know if, I, I don't know if people think of Becky or if they think of AJ or Daniel Bryan. And I don't think of I can't remember a time on a major brand in WWE where you thought a woman was the face of that brand. So that's why I'm sticking with Becky. But I think... You can definitely see an argument for either of these based on that. Um, moving on, the next category is the One to Watch Award. I want to know who you think had a great 2018, and we use it as a springboard to grow into 2019, where they could be a potential headliner or be on an even bigger stage. So who's going to move from the mid-card or from a smaller-sized company to be the big man? So, or woman. So my initial shortlist was Adam Cole. Velveteen Dream, Elias, Ruby Riot, and Pete Dunne. I think this is open to a few suggestions, so I'll start with Chen. I think of all the names you mentioned, Velveteen's 
the one who's going to become the biggest star of all of them. He's just money. Um, Pete Dunne, I can see becoming a great hill within the company, as long as they don't put him in 205. I think you forgot to mention one thing, and that is this damn podcast. <laughs> this damn podcast has had a great 2018 well great December and we will grow in 2019 <laughs> and we will be the most fucking awesome thing you have ever seen or listened to should I say you can clearly tell that's probably not the case uh, joking aside I don't buy into Pete Dunne being a potential main eventer just yet he needs to work on his mic skills so I'm not going to say him I think Velveteen Dream I mean I agree with you too by the way i Velveteen Dream's my guy, but he's had an amazing year. He's kept getting better. Yeah. Um, Chris, do you feel anyone else is the guy to watch? Well, I'm going to go for someone who's not on the list. Uh, EC3. Ooh, now you're talking. Topical. I feel like he's probably just going to make... I don't know what plans they have for him, but I think he's going straight to the main event. I hope he has a match with John Cena at WrestleMania, like he's yes. been teasing. Yeah. Because, you know, just by having the balls to go out there and say you know what I want to face John Cena at Wrestlemania hey John you're not doing anything at Wrestlemania 34 face me at TakeOver just going out there on social media saying that and you know he's in control of his own account like he ain't gonna take anybody's advice on that account you know yeah I you know that's not too bad a shout but I'm still sticking with the dream he's got the mic skills he's got the charisma I think he'll be booked better than Tyler Breeze, which is a similar sort of character. I, th- I He's a be- bigger guy. I think they'll give him more. And they've wanted to call him up for a while, but they haven't found the right opportunity to call him up. So it's been rumoured. So, so, so we're, we're talking EC3 or Velveteen Dream to be the guy. Dream. Head- I said Dream. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying it's oh. going to be Dream over EC3. Oh, right, exactly. Okay. Because, you know, Chris is a Maybe with a headline <laughs> WrestleMania with those two guys come 2020. You never Maybe. know. So that's a few awards down there, Jason. We've got a few more awards to go in the best of 2018, just after this short break. Hey, you, if you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pot. Do it, do it now! So that was an advert from me making an entrance, making a statement. Speaking about making a statement and making an entrance. Jason, you want to continue on with uh, what I believe is the best entrance award? Yeah, so something a little bit light for everyone to just think about here. Best entrance, I guess, of the year, be it one particular event or just in general. Some thoughts on me, you know, basically who gets the crowd on their feet, who comes out and means business. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Verbatim Dream, Alistair Black and The Undertaker. I'm going to put myself down for Velveteen Dream, mainly because he always puts on that effort at the takeovers. As much as I like Finn Balor as a demon, he's not done it enough. So for me, it's the dream. Yeah, he's only done it once at takeover. No, no, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. The only time he's done it this year. Yeah, I I forgot that he's still on the main roster. That's how relevant he's been. (laughs) Um, Joking aside. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Velveteen Dream, his entrance, whether it be the tights, the little thing that he did at Philadelphia where he had the teeth and the boxing shorts because, you know, knockout. The, the two Hogan reference. things that he's done as well. Uh, he's always been on his show. Of course, the Hogan th- the Hollywood thing that he did because they were in Los Angeles yeah. was absolutely amazing. I love Velveteen Dream's entrances. It's part of the entire experience. So, you so know. We got, we got two votes for Dream. Yeah. Jen? 
Velveteen Dream. One of my favorite outfits that he wore this year was the one where he wore those trousers that said, "Hey Vince, give me a call." Oh, <laughs> that, that was against uh, that, that was against EC3, I think, at Brooklyn. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I mean the audacity. Apparently, Triple H was pissed off with that one. <laughs> Chris, uh, I'm going to go for Alistair Black. I figured you were going to go for Alistair Black. I've been there with you when he's come out when we were at the UK (laughs) show. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I I love how he comes out from the ground, the smoke. It kind of bothers me how, has anyone noticed how he kind of walks down the ramp like he shit himself? I kind of like that walk, that slow... (laughs) No man's ever truly pissed. No man's ever truly shat himself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I would have gone for Black was on my second choice. So I figured Chris, as a fan of Black, was going to go there. Yeah, I did. It seems yeah. like generally Dream or Black is our favourites. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of someone else, but I really can't. And Sounds I can't like, really think of a joke. Right and just like you think of like consistently like getting the crowd on their feet. These are the two guys, I think. And it's also NXT crowd is genuinely so hot. Maybe that makes it easier. I do have an honourable mention. Go on, Elias. Then. The strum of the guitar, that just makes everyone mark out. Simple but effective. Is that an entrance though? Can you call it that? I don't think you yes. can. Yes. Uh, WrestleMania 34, wasn't that the best troll you've ever seen? Oh, yeah. I was uh, pissed the, at that point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In more ways than one. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're going to your WrestleMania experience at a later pod, but just the struggling guitar instead of The Undertaker, that was, yeah. uh, that was just something else. So, best entrance for one show? I'm going to just put my balls on the table and just say that one but overall Velveteen Dreams good choices guys Um, moving on to our next category tag team of the year so we're looking at not only which team has racked up the most wins in total but also who's performed best as a duo who's got that chemistry so a few names for you to consider here Birch and Lorcan Grizzled Young Vets Mustache Mountain Undisputed Era AOP The Bar Usos and The Revival I'm going to start with Chris this time. This is a really hard one for me. Um, Don't say the Ascension. No. <laughs> of course not. The Colognes, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> They're not a tag team if they don't exist. Yeah, fair point. Chris, who are you actually going with? Uh, hang on. Who are the clones? I don't know. Uh, so, something related to Carlito. Remember him? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool, Chris. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go for Mustache Mountain. I think I've seen a lot of their matches this year, and they're they're really entertaining. They know how to put on a really good tag match. A good choice. Um, anyone you considered apart from them? Um, Undisputed Era also really consistently good. Yeah, the match between them two. Brod, are you selecting Undisputed Era? I don't know yet. I'm torn between two. I'm torn between Undisputed Era because, you know, in particular, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong because they are the tag team champions in NXT, two-time NXT tag team champions. And, yeah, I just think they've had superb matches throughout the calendar year. That or someone from Impact, a tag team from Impact, LAX. Brave choice. The new LAX, not not, not the OGs. But I think they've put on some really entertaining matches, both at Bound for Glory and Slammiversary. Uh, Who was your actual choice, though? You know what? I'm going to be controversial and say LAX. Ah, Interesting. Chen? 
Bray Wyatt, Broken by Howdy. <laughs> Are you actually trolling? Is that your actual choice? Are you actually trolling? <laughs> Chad, have you uh, been, what have you been smoking? Chad, I'm what, just what? messing. I'm just messing. No, you're not. I mean, you're a Baron Corbin <laughs> fanboy, so this explains everything. Um, to me, it was pro- it's probably going to be the Young Bucks. Mm, fair enough. Fair choice. I, I'm not a huge Young Bucks fan, for the record. So, I mean, I enjoy the Young Bucks, but they're more, they're a fun guy. They're fun guys for me to watch live as a novelty maybe I'm just missing the point a little bit but it's fun to watch all the stuff that they do in a live event I mean they did have a fantastic match with the Golden Lovers yeah, which yeah, I'm now just that, thinking that could, could I select the Golden Lovers no I probably won't but yeah. so my choice I'm going to go with Undisputed Era I nearly went with Mustache Mountain but then I thought Undisputed Era had those matches with Mustache Mountain and that insanely good match with Birch and Lorcan but no one saw it coming and just their general performance you, you saw it coming? yeah no, I'm not even joking. I was like, Birch and Lorcan are really good. You know, you want to know who I want to see them face off against next? That Humberto and Raul Mendoza team on XT. I, yeah, I don't. They were there a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know who you mean. I've just not seen enough of them yet to see, see why I would care. They are amazing high flyers. Watch out for them in 2019. Right. So, then we've got Undisputed Era for myself. You're going for the new LAX yeah. on the broad side. Chris, you went with Mustache Mountain. Mountain. And Chen, your actual choice was young the young bucks. Yeah. Undecided between us. I think it's interesting that we're seeing so many like final choices between the four of us. We're rarely agreeing unless it comes to Velveteen Dream, which is Velveteen I guess, Dream. I guess, highlights what a year he's D-R-E-A-M. had. <laughs> we're getting to our final two categories now. So the penultimate category, the You Talking to Me Award. Who is the best talker? Who has the crowd in the palm of their hands? Some suggestions from myself. Becky Lynch, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Zach Gibson, Tomasa Champa, and I'm going to add a maybe controversial one to this, Roman Reigns? Based on that list, Broad, you look like you want to go first. Clearly, Bobby Lashley. Really? Oh, I'm being serious. So are you talking about Bobby or his handler? Oh no, just Bobby. Explain yourself. No. Is this a Bobby Lashley promo? (laughs) (laughs) As this is not a video podcast, you will not have seen Brod just get up and shove his glutes. Yeah, of course I'm joking. Uh, I don't have an opinion just yet. I'm just trolling, so please point at someone else. I'm going to go to Chris. Don't okay. pull your glutes too. I feel embarrassed right now. Well, I'm not going to do that, so don't <laughs> worry. Uh, I'm going to go for Zach Gibson, actually. He is, like, normally we see him at a lot of indie shows, and you don't really get to listen to what he's saying because I'm too busy, like, calling my scouser and telling him to fuck off. And throwing your shoes in the air. my shoes in the You're air. You're used to that, though, aren't you? What? Fuck off, Chris. <laughs> oh, I've been there with you when we've seen Gibson doing that. Like, it's hard to appreciate his work sometimes. Yeah, mm. but getting to hear him on NXT UK, um, and yeah, when you just listen to his promo, he he just has a natural ability to as a heel. He really has, as you said, the crowd in the palm of his hands, and yeah, that's why I'm picking him. It's a interesting, just more than it's probably a lesser known name for some people listening to the show, but a great choice. Chen, who are you going with? Bray Wyatt. I was gonna, I was gonna say, <laughs> delete. I was gonna say the Miz, but 
the last two months since the crown jewels, he's just been doing nothing, and his promos have become pointless. Um, That's so, not his fault, though. He's still yeah, a good talker. Yeah, he's still a good talker. He's but been very entertaining despite his I'm media think, career. But I'm thinking about the whole year. Who's entertained me the whole year on the mic? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. Oh, that's a good shout. For me, he just he got a bit numbing, the Samoa Joe promise, because he kept losing. Maybe that's why I hold against him. Yeah, but, but that, this is just mic skills, not yeah. wrestling Yeah, skills. no, that's why I didn't think about him for that reason, though, because it's like he kept having to build himself back up, but it's a good suggestion. Yeah. So Samoa Joe, Zach Gibson, a couple of heels so far. Brock, Becky Lynch. You going for Becky? Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone else other than Becky Lynch because I've pretty much explained everything in the rest of the year category. But she has been far the most entertaining superstar in WWE this year. She's got people hyped up about her matches more than anyone else this year. I mean, other than Paul Heyman, who you could argue as the best talker of the year. I can't think of anyone else. It's a good choice. I think I think Zach Gibson's definitely worth an honourable mention. I kind of I was nearly went for Tommaso Ciampa because when he wasn't talking and he was just looking around at the crowd, like walking around taking down signs, and that was like the whole you talking to me award. I was thinking about who had the crowd in the palm of their hand without even talking, just from having presence. But I'm also going to go with Becky Lynch because the man was definitely the highlight of promos for me. She's mm. the one promo I probably would never skip. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I'd probably stop watching aside from the Becky Lynch stuff. That's how yeah. bland things have well actually that's telling kind of like SmackDown's been pretty good, but yeah. She has the whole aura she gives off, the attitude that she gives off when she's talking, pulls it all together. I mean the last two months the best super uh, the best segment on Raw has been from a SmackDown superstar and that SmackDown superstar was Becky Lynch. Uh, do you guys think uh, Adam Cole deserves a mention in this? I don't, to be honest. No, no. no. he's fine, but uh, fine's harsh. I think he is very good. He is good, but I don't think he's on the same level as people we've discussed. Okay, except for Bobby Lashley. I like to say <laughs> that um, if Kevin Owens never got injured, he could be up for this award. Eh. Elias had a better year when he tuned with Elias. When, when it was those two doing promos together, Elias is better. And I love Kevin Owens as a promo, but I don't know. Maybe it's because he had has had such a bad 2018. All good choices. I think definitely lots of names coming up there. So, again, we're struggling to shoot an overall winner between the group. I think what we'll end up doing is putting these on the social media pages just for some feedback at some point. Mm. Um, because I don't know what other people think. So, um, Brod's giving you the shout-out, and we can always make sure we put that out there when you see the podcast. Shout-out! <laughs> Moving to our final category, though. So, big one. Show of the year. Now, what I found interesting, a lot of these I picked out were kind of at the start of the year, so I'll be interested in what everyone else can think about. But the ones that came to my head were the start of NXT, New Orleans and Brooklyn 4, then followed by War Games 18 later in the year. And then New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 12. And then I thought Royal Rumble and WrestleMania were also worth consideration, depending on the type of fan that you are. So I have three under consideration. Go for it. Two of them aren't on that list. Let's hear them. Can I guess it? Go for it. The Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, God damn it. I was going to go for Evolution, but okay. What, what do you think the other one was, guys? Super Showdown. No. <laughs> Crown Jewel, guys. <laughs> Crown Jewel was a met- no. Uh So, yeah, 
NXT TakeOver New Orleans was the show on there. And the two that aren't all in, and this one's going to surprise people, Impact Slammiversary. Interesting. Slammiversary. Remind uh, me, what was the headline? Was that the Austin Aries match, or was that a different one? Yeah, it was Austin Aries versus Moose, not the one oh, with Johnny Impact, okay, which is at Bound for okay. Glory. So yeah, this one happened in July, August time. I can't remember off the top of my head. The uh, Bound for Glory happened a couple of months ago, I think. I, I'm not very good with dates at Impact. I only rewatch really the pay-per-views and main shows. So honourable mention for a TNA show there. What's your favourite overall of those three? In ring-wise, take over New Orleans, but if I had to pick show of the year, I'd probably pick All In. The only reason why I'd pick All In is because of the fact that, as I mentioned when I was selecting Cody in that other ward, which I can't remember now. Uh, it, impact player. Impact player. Ooh, impact, impact. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. But no, joking aside, All In has helped change the game of professional wrestling. The fact that we, its success has led to the Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard at Madison Square Garden, an arena which WWE monopolized for nearly a century, you could say. It is incredible. More people are now focused on independent wrestling. More people are making more money on independent wrestling. This was a huge success and no one... Well, if you said this two years ago, no one would... People will laugh at you, but this this is the success story of 2018. So, okay, it's not the best wrestling show. In my opinion, Wrestle Kingdom was better. TakeOver New Orleans was phenomenal. I thought Impact's anniversary for what it did for Impact Wrestling in restoring its integrity was a great. But nothing, nothing will top the importance of All In, in my opinion. Chris, what would you pick? I'm going to have to go for TakeOver New Orleans. Because you were there. I was there. Would you still think that was the best? <laughs> if you weren't there, do you think that would still be your choice? Maybe not. Um, it's, it's between that or TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Because I, I was looking at the NXT TakeOver show. I think I'm leaning towards New Orleans. I wasn't there, but I really enjoyed that show. But then Brooklyn 4 was my other choice. Yeah. So I was like looking between those two, really. I enjoyed all the other shows on this list and the one Brod's talked about, like when you think about like All In as well. Not Did, Impact anniversary. Um I vaguely remember that show, to be honest. Huh. Um, so you, you've gone for New Orleans because you were there, but you would have probably still gone for it. It yeah, sounds probably, like. Yeah. And Chen, what are you thinking? My choices are either the Royal Rumble or All In. The Royal Rumble is always great, but this year because we had the women, and I just remember being at the meetup and the crowd reaction and how excited everyone was. <laughs> I just, I just remember how I how the pay-per-view made me feel and just like I really enjoyed that pay-per-view overall but, but it wasn't the greatest Royal Rumble though. yeah I didn't even bother watching it so that one um, going but I think what Broad said is true about the impact of All In All In was actually a great pay-per-view itself maybe not the best compared to Wrestle Kingdom and stuff but what it did for the culture of wrestling I think is really really important Put some importance back on the NWA world title. Yeah. And the match between Nick Aldis and Cody and Kenny Omega versus Pentagon was pretty good for the amount of time it was given. I think what we're going to have to do is put this on the Twitter poll and debate this between All In and New Orleans and see what the followers think. See what they sort of make our show of the year. 
If you like NXT, you're a sheep. No, I'm joking. I love NXT. I mean, I mean, I, I, I love sh- I love both shows, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of suggestions for that. The other car, the other matches, we the other shows. Sorry, we've talked about here, but if we narrow it down to those two, you could put New Japan on there. It sounds like as well, but let's narrow it down to those two, and we've got a fifty-fifty split here. So let's put that we'll put that one up as a poll, I think, and see what the world thinks. Yeah, I thought you were going to go into some Steiner math when you said 50-50. <laughs> if you think New Orleans is going to win, then you've got to take your 15%. And the fact that New Japan also has 20%. And it could all get very crazy. So we won't do that. Yeah. We're, but, not, we're not going to fight at sacrifice. Yeah, yeah we won't. Because the numbers don't lie. Let's just leave it at that. Um, that wraps up the awards categories that we had for today. Unless anyone had any honourable things they feel need to be voted for on the best of the year Chris got a couple of honourable mentions uh, mm. Progress Chapter 76 Hello Wembley ooh that was a monumental show we were there for that yeah well, why was it monumental it was the largest independent show in the UK for what like 30 years or something, something crazy like that, something yeah. I don't think it is it was in the last it was 4,700 5,000 people I think in total I think ICW's Fear and Loathing did Better in Glasgow. No, and they, they'd, maybe, they'd, be maybe, doing that, they'd be doing that for four years. Maybe I'm thinking of England. Uh, yeah, either way. Yeah. But it was still a massive event for independent wrestling in the UK. Mm. Not, not to take away from the success of programs. And I think it's worth saying, like the, um, the shows that in, in Scotland, they've had three in a row where every year the ratings, they've, they've had less people turning up. The last one this year, I think, had about 2,000 people turn up for oh, it at max. Right. So they, they're on the downturn where progress has dragged 5,000 people to Wembley. Yeah, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how the card is booked at uh, ICW. It's a lot less ICW. high. Because they had Finn Balor two years ago. Yeah, a few yeah, years ago. And Mick Foley yeah, You had names like Kurt Angle and Kevin Nash on those shows in yeah. Scotland, and progress is all indie talent. Because I think last year they had Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Damme. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> so I've also got to mention uh, Pro Wrestling Eve's Wrestle Queendom. Which is one of the best indie shows I've ever been to. Great choice. And again, a bunch of us were there for that. Monumental for the largest independent, like one of the largest independent shows in Europe, but also women's show probably ever in Europe, I believe. And yeah. that insane Charlie Morgan jumping off a balcony <laughs> onto a bunch of us alongside other, alongside the wrestlers going on to win the Eve title. That, that was an insane spot that I saw. I recommend, if you've not seen that, by the way, so Wrestle Queendom, you can watch on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube for free. You can just go and watch it. Really? Yeah. Right. You can see us. If you pause it, so you'll see a bunch of us standing there when Charlie stands up and starts screaming and posing. We're there behind her, joining in. So two good honourable mentions. Yeah. I, th- I think it just goes to show how many uh, great wrestling shows there have been this year outside of WWE uh, main roster, I would say. I think it's been a fantastic year outside of the main roster. Cool. So that wraps up our awards. I believe coming up in the new year, we will have a show talking about what we're looking forward to in 2019. So, yeah, a little January preview, if you will. I think the next episode, we're going to be talking about the worst of 2018, which is something I'm really looking forward to because I like shitting on everything. So a New Year's treat for all you lovely people. Uh, Yep, I think we are going to be doing some 2019 predictions. We're going to be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 13. I have a crazy idea in mind, which I haven't told you guys about yet. And then, of course, we're going to be doing some Royal Rumble predictions and reviewing that show as well. So a lot to look forward to in January, I'm sure. So that wraps up the best of 2018. So from all of us here at the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that's the bottom line, because this 
Pod said so.